Hello, listeners of the Lost Boy Academy. I hope you're doing well wherever you may be. For this episode, I spoke with a friend of mine, Ricky, who also happens to be a very talented music artist. You can find his music under the name Ricky, spelled R-I-K-I-I in all caps. Check out the description section of this video on YouTube for a link to his Spotify page. To give you guys a taste of his music, I will play his most recent song titled Alone at the intro and outro on this episode. Throughout our conversation, he let me peek into his creative mind by sharing the process of producing songs and some of the physical and mental hurdles he had to face as a creative. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to him. Please give it up for Ricky Beasley. Your friends don't even say my name Just teach me how to fix myself Yeah, I listened to, um, well, I've been listening to Alone. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. Your new song that came out, like, what, a month ago? Yeah, around, like, December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I really like the artwork, too, of the cover. I yeah, I've been working with, like, um, this guy in Europe, his uh-huh. name's Kifan Wang. Uh-huh. Um, super talented guy. Was like he mixes like CGI with like real photos. Yeah, so he's been doing the last few cover arts. Yeah, I think I'd oh, like okay. to, um like to keep working with him. Sure. Yeah, it's it's like I don't know how you call it, but minimalist abstract. Yeah, kind of like. no 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 totally yeah i'd say like minimal like conceptual minimalist kind of vibe. yeah a lot of a lot of shapes like i like that i like your album cover of um chase yeah he did that one as well yeah Yeah, the yellow and uh, yeah 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 i really like that one and yeah i'll definitely pass it on to him yeah Yeah. how how did you connect with this uh artist instagram yeah oh wow um yeah, I got to a stage where I wanted to um, find, like, better quality cover-up mm-hmm. and make better quality cover-up. And so I just covered Instagram with my friend, um, Ryuma, who's actually in Tokyo. And we kind of stumbled upon this guy's profile, and I really connected um, with his aesthetic. Got him a DM, and he was like, yeah, totally. That's wow. what, yeah. Did you, like you know end up like having like a facetime call and stuff with him no we've never chatted um oh wow like face to face and that's the same with like a lot of the people that are involved in the projects right now um like the mixer like i've never talked to him face to face we always just chat over email um and then the same as like the mastering guy um some uh um producers that i work with uh, for additional production um i've never talked to them face to face either oh wow one day it would be really nice to <laughs> yeah but like you don't think like i guess like face-to-face communication is not that important for you to like get your point across and like you know your requests yeah. across i think um it depends on this the stage of the um music making process i guess yeah mm-hmm. I think earlier stages it's definitely good to have um that human connection face-to-face connection but mm-hmm. 
I found that once you get into like additional production, mixing and mastering, um, it's uh, obviously it would be preferred to have that kind of chat mm. where the, but um, I feel like it's it's okay. Yeah, you can get by do it just oh. doing by just writing messages. Um, but I think as a result, I've had to develop a way to express myself um, clearly and concisely over a message um, and kind of find a way to put myself and my tone into the message. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Because like everything you do is like sound based. But yeah, yeah, totally. Well, well then so like they kind of like send you like you send the request, you know, like this is something I, this is like how I want my music to sound or you describe it in your words. And I, I'm assuming it's like a, there's many back and forth between like they send you this audio and you're like, you comment on it and they tweak it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so we do go through a fair amount of iterations yeah. um, before we get to the final product. So right, there is right. a back and forth and uh, a part of it is tedious, but um, you can't really escape that wow but i'm sure like you know when there when there was like um the internet was around that you know that like for artists to produce music or communicate with these other producers um have gotten a lot easier but i guess especially with you know recently with social media um maybe it's so much easier for artists like you to find because um, there's so many i'm sure like producers and graphic mm -hmm. designers but then the social media is just it's like um not encyclopedia but like it's like uh you can have access to all these um artists and you have you have so many options to choose from which i think is pretty cool yeah no it's it's um a lot easier to connect and work with um different types of people in different types of field through the internet and special social media yeah two people that um I, I work with closely now I just kind of dm'd on instagram or like the photographer that I work with he just dm'd me um and saying that he listened to my music and he liked to kind of work together and since then yeah we've kind of done a bunch of photos together so it's crazy oh. how like all these opportunities have opened up because of social media yeah like there there are like few stuff um that I do want to touch on and you know like from our last part, like conversation to which kind of failed the recording, you know, I asked a bunch of like, you know, questions uh, of you, like, you know, as an artist and how you began your music production. And that's something I want to ask you again, you know, just for the, <laughs> just for the <laughs> listeners out there can know more about who you are. But since we were like touching um, the social media, that's actually one of the things uh, I wanted to ask is, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of the positive uh, thing that came with um, social media as an artist um, but are there any some negative or uh, cons of social media as a modern day artist yeah totally um well to address your first question with regards to like how I got into mm -hmm. um, producing um, so I think I was naturally inclined to music from a young age um, I think there must have been some kind of uh genetic biological like disposition there because I think my birth dad was really into uh recording and playing guitar um and then I think my 
my auntie was like uh, really uh, is a really good piano player. Um, I think at one stage she was on track to become a, like a professional piano. Um, so I think there's something inexplicable there um, that kind of drew me to music. Uh, and then I kind of got into music. My first like full, real introduction to music was through violin, um, which I picked up in grade three. Um, uh, and then from there, at the end of high school, uh, I decided that I would like to pursue violin um, professionally. Um, so I moved to Vancouver from Australia um, to study under the concertmaster of the Vancouver Symphony and at the Vancouver Academy of Music here. And but I think a year in, um, so just before this, I was kind of struggling with a a chronic shoulder issue um so yeah around a year in it um it got kind of too bad um to the point where I, I really couldn't play and couldn't really do normal activities so I had to take um a break from it and um it wasn't looking like I would be able to keep playing um at a rate that would allow me to make it professionally um yeah so from there i transferred to ubc and luckily right. i studied a lot in uh in high school so the transition was okay um and that's when i kind of started to dive into music production as my uh creative outlet um one thing led to another yeah yeah, yeah. how how were you like emotionally when you kind of accepted or realized like wow you know like I can't I have to give up on pursuing violin as my career or just as a you know hobby or passion yeah totally it was it was definitely tough I'd say um I think uh yeah I feel like I felt like I kind of lost a bit of my identity in a mm -hmm. sense um and I, there was a part of me that was like, what was I doing up till now? Um, and yeah, of course, there was a lot of grief there, but I think there was a little bit of release okay. from uh, with that because I think the classical music scene was uh, so intense. Um, it's kind of high stakes and there's a lot of pressure to perform well and um, do well at auditions and competitions that I think once I had decided that I had to let go mm -hmm. of playing violin, there was, yeah, a sense of relief there. And then I think moving to UBC and studying um, and doing up things and getting involved in things that other than violin kind of broadened my horizons in the sense that I was like, oh, there's really more to life than just kind of um, practicing. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. in a little kind of practice room yeah I definitely was I only played violin for like two years but I was definitely relieved when uh <laughs> didn't have to play anymore, but that's a different yeah. reason no I think I think there was that as well it was no, I mean, such I, I, a hard, hard instrument for sure even even at the level that I was at I was still like nowhere near where I wanted to be right. and it was definitely a constant struggle every day when you practice yeah, I mean, I, I didn't say that, you know, by any means to like, you know, kind of relate or like compare with like your <laughs> involvement with the instrument. But I just, I just never thought like, yeah, it wasn't for me. 
no, no, I totally feel you. Yeah. Like I, my second grade in, in the U.S., like you had to choose from music class either the violin or I think the guitar or like um, like singing um, and. Uh, but then I don't know. I guess maybe it was partially my decision, but my parents like influenced too for me to pick up the violin. But I don't know. I just always like thought that um, like people who students who choose other classes were having more fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's just my personal take. But yeah, I, I mean, because we had we had to play a stringed instrument in grade three, um, and you had a choice between like violin viola cello or double bass um, and then just from there uh, at the end of grade three you didn't have to do it anymore but i just decided to continue on. yeah so you had to choose everyone had to choose string instruments yeah it was compulsory to play string instruments and then i think grade five um it was compulsory to play um some kind of band instrument but if you had already continued on from grade three playing the string instruments you didn't have to do that program huh yeah i might have probably just chosen the the band instrument (laughs) (laughs) what would you play what would you gone for maybe the drums i don't know Uh, i think i would go (laughs) the drums as well i think drums or like sax yeah yeah oh wow sax i i feel like people who choose sax like who play to choose saxophone at an early age or just different species <laughs> just like just like matured i have like like image of oh, saxophone yeah. being associated with like jazz and yeah that's true yeah like, they've seen some stuff that you haven't at that age kind of thing yeah i mean now <laughs> now it's like cool but yeah totally yeah i did i did play um the tuba when i was like in fifth grade it's major clout <laughs> yeah yeah but it didn't last that long (laughs) but um yeah like you know how you you said that um you felt sense of relief um after deciding to kind of or coming in terms with that you're not pursuing the violin as a career anymore Mm -hmm. um but then you you found you said you found different interests or weights weight like different involvement in the university that made you realize that there's like a lot i mean there's more stuff that you can enjoy um other than playing the violin or through music but my understanding is that you were involved in still involved in music scene in university too yeah totally yeah Um, so could you like tell us about like your involvement and how you um still pursued music but not mm -hmm. violin Yeah. yeah um so I think in my first year, I stumbled upon this uh, club at UBC called Blank Vinyl Project. Um, it was like a live music um, community within campus. Um, and I think up, up to that point, I was doing, I was dabbling in some kind of like music recording, uh, music production stuff. Like I would play guitar and sing here and there as a way to as a hobby and also as like a way to escape from violin um, because I was playing a lot of that and it was just nice to kind of have that um, have that outlet on the side of violin Um, so there was definitely some kind of draw there and this club kind of seems to satisfy um, will fill that gap for me um, in a really nice way Um, 
So yeah, I, I kind of, first year I wasn't as involved. I went to some events and like some of the open mics and coffee okay. houses um, and then got to like perform at one of the um, larger events at the end of the year. Um, and then in second year, I decided to uh, apply to become what they call like an exec. So mm. you're just like a part of the club, um, like a working member of the volunteer member of the club. And um, yeah, I applied for like the sound position, which mm -hmm. is like the live sound, the live sound texts. And um, yeah, from there, I, I learned a lot uh, about like recording and live sound. Um, and that really helped um, increase my passion for recording music and music production. Um, yeah, and then also within that, um, was able to, you know, connect with a lot of like-minded people and like-minded musicians. Mm. Um, and having that network was, you know, really great with regards to keeping me inspired and um, wanting to dive further into music in general. Mm -hmm. Do you, obviously, you still keep in touch with uh, the, the artists and, like, friends that you met through the organization to this day? Yeah, definitely. Um um, definitely stayed in good contact with a lot of them mm -hmm. um, for example like when I my um, kind of mentor in second year um, this my sound the sound director of of BVP is now my um, manager for my artist and producing stuff yeah oh okay okay is that for the for the like the production come recording oh no uh just for my my own artist stuff yeah oh, okay i see i see yeah speaking of your own artist is that's around when you went at university started to record in your studio uh like a dorm or student yeah, apartment yeah. on campus and um that's when you also established yourself as artist ricky as you are today yeah, I think so. I think towards the um, mm -hmm. yeah, towards the end of my university degree, that's when I kind of came out as like Ricky, mm -hmm. um, as the artist. Um, but leading up to that, yeah, um, I think it was like second, third year. Started just like recording myself and flipping um, pop covers um, and making them a different style and singing on them and then just posting them on SoundCloud. Um, and then from there, I was able to figure out like kind of my own sound. And I think mm -hmm. in like third or fourth year, I felt ready to kind of create um, some original material. Um, and then around the end of fourth year, beginning of fifth year, that's when I um, started posting these songs on like Spotify and kind of taking the whole Oz thing a little bit more seriously. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is a pretty difficult question probably, but like, um, how would you describe um, your sound that's, or your music that's, you know, distinct from, yeah. um, the, the, at, least, at least from the artists that you were initially inspired uh, by and did the covers of? Uh, um. I think I would like classify based on like what I've heard from my friends and mm -hmm. what I think as well. I think it, it would, the genre would kind of be some kind of like sad boy, mm -hmm. R&B, sad boy pop. Yeah. Um, 
think that would be like the vibe. I I wouldn't say I feel like I have a genre in that mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I'm still exploring different sounds, but I think across all the different sounds, there seems to be uh, like a constant aesthetic, which mm-hmm. seems to be the sad boy energy. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, it's sad boy energy, but like it doesn't put you into. I mean, personally, it doesn't put me obviously into like sad mood, but oh, uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 your music, like, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of like lot of like i would say like past relationships or definitely um, yeah yeah don't you, do you think i mean from based on what i listen your a lot of your songs are inspired by um about your past relationships or people that came into your life um yeah like significant yeah, others and hit the nail on the head there definitely they're all um so far they're all been about kind of uh past relationships and uh navigating complicated mm-hmm. dynamics in within relationships yeah. yeah yeah would you say that's kind of as of now um one of the big um sources of your um creativity and like where where your songs um like stem from yeah i think so um for now i think that's where a lot of the inspiration stems from mm-hmm. um but I do feel like I want to branch out a little bit more and kind of discuss other things that I feel like important in my life. Mm. Um, I know as things such as like mindfulness, um, you know, gratitude, mm-hmm. um, just like being and like just hanging with hanging with people that you're close to, mm-hmm. um, and like platonic platonic relationships. Right. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Things I kind of want to explore, but I think the most of the songs from will probably be centered more around like relationships mm-hmm. um, that are kind of underpinned by some kind of romance or um, complexities. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I feel like a lot, a lot of the songs out there, at least from what I've like the songs I listen to, are usually. Um, like inspired by the artists like mm-hmm. past you know lovers or um not even lovers but just like you know fling or yeah was, yeah would you do you think you ever play the violin uh, as part of your music <laughs> yeah that's the question i get sometimes um right now i don't see myself using the violin mm-hmm. um i think first reason being i feel like the violin the, the sound in general wouldn't particularly fit in the kind of type of music i'm playing or like the type of music i'm making mm-hmm. um and then secondly i think a part of me is still like coming uh i wouldn't say i'm like still getting over it in a sense but like when i decided to quit violin it was very much a all or nothing situation mm-hmm. um because it was it was quite a heavy hit um yeah i guess, yeah that's true that's true yeah it'll be it'll be cool though like i mean yeah i guess like listening to your music right now this is just from my perspective but yeah i guess like the, the sound of violin is not like a sound something that i would like imagine to be incorporated into your current songs 
Yeah, I, I think I don't think so right now. I mean, I think strings in general could fit, um, but not just like a not a singular violin. Mm. Um, maybe I was thinking the other day, like using the violin sound and like manipulating it to sound like kind of electronic or like synthy. Mm. That would be a cool idea. Um, yeah, that's like infinite possibilities. Exactly, but then again, like there's so many really nice string and violin softwares out there um, that I wouldn't probably necessarily have to actually like record oh. myself. I could just kind of play it um, and program it in a way. I see. I see. Yeah. Speaking of violin, I like with few artists, I am enjoying country music these days. Um, oh, the nice. violin, violin, and the guitar. Yeah, I think. For me, there's like something, it's just so simple. There's like two instruments. Um, it's just mm. something so refreshing um, about that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, that's something that I really respect. Because um, like, even though I feel like I'm in like more of like a pop genre um, where things, you know, typically very much produced and there's a lot of instrumentation. Mm-hmm. I do want to continue to put out songs that are a little bit more simple mm-hmm. uh, where the focus is, you know, just on the lyric and just on like the core, like mm-hmm. vibe, you could say. Um, yeah. Because I feel really, really very much drawn to that sound. Yeah. 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 There's, yeah. I think many ways um, that you can experiment, but um, yeah. What's like your um, like creative process like when, how how do you end up with a song you know like yeah no that's a really good question because i think a lot of people approach it different ways mm-hmm. um i um i feel like i typically have a pretty structured way of approaching it um and it's usually the same way every time um so usually i'll start with the instrumentation i usually have like some kind of like a a four to eight bar loop um and you know i'll lay down the chords i'll lay down like the beat um and then a few things here and there and once i feel like i have like a solid foundation um i'll sing like melody lines over it usually in like a kind of like gibberish and then kind of arrange it and then from there uh i'll link up with uh the people that I do lyric writing with mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll put um, uh, words to this these gibberish melodies um, and yeah from there I just um, usually do a little bit more production um, to get it across the finish line as like a full song and then from there kind of go in and record it and do the more tedious stuff like editing and then send it away to mixing um, and then do those iterations. Um, once I have the final mix, then I'll send it to what's called mastering, which is basically just increasing the volume to radio level. Um, and then the song's usually done. Um, the I guess the the song as in like the song song, but mm-hmm. from there we look into um, attaching like a visual aesthetic to, to the song, which means kind of um, corresponding with... Uh, photographer as well as a um designer for the cover art yeah hmm. so so you, you the lyrics comes uh after the melody yeah yeah 
um, which is like a little bit, I would say a little bit atypical based okay. on what I've heard from um, my like artist producer colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll usually do them at the same time. Oh. Um, they'll write lyrics as well as the melody at the same time, or they'll have lyrics and then they'll make a melody out of that. Right. Um, but you said you said you like once like the, the the bars and like the melodies kind of uh, created you, and few people kind of co- come up with words. Yeah. So I usually work with other people for lyrics. I wouldn't say like my lyrics are my forte at all. Um, so I think it's really important for me to have more talented people in the room with me. Um, in the room, as in like these days over the phone or like on Zoom. And then, yeah, we'll kind of talk about the song and like what kind of message I want to spread with to, um, with the song um, based on like the vibe of the song. And, huh. and then, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of talking and discussing and going a bit deep. And then from there, we, we kind of try find words to express this yeah huh that's pretty cool i didn't know like artists would gather with few people and yeah totally i'm sure uh, i'm sure there's like a career for those people that come up with lyrics and stuff yeah they're typically called like songwriters um okay. uh so i think songwriters you're either creating melodies and lyrics or you're just creating melodies or you're just creating lyrics right. um yeah i think that's the um the title for these people and no you'd be surprised to see like um if you go into like all like the top 50 um hits like the average songwriter on each of them i think would be like five to eight yeah yeah like, oh wow yeah there's a lot of people are involved in like this stage usually um do you think drake has a ghostwriter? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man that was like kind of like a hot topic though yeah it was hey like i wasn't too taken aback by it i think because i know the inner workings of making a song and how this usually especially with songs on the radio um there's so many people involved in making those songs um so i i wasn't too fast that i thought he 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 already had people writing for him as well um do you, do you think maybe people were like i don't know like anything about like music industry but like because he's like a hip-hop artist maybe amongst rappers like they expect yeah, them to write i think there is more like uh, a responsibility there in like the hip-hop rap scene that you're yeah. writing your own lyrics for sure um so i think that that is uh that's something to that needs that <laughs> was fair to address in a sense yeah um, yeah no i i just asked you know drake because it just reminded me like ghostwriter yeah. and i'm not calling you out you know and I'm not saying like you're the drunk. whole like meek mill meek mill yeah meek mill well, situation like, and like, the whole there was a beef there i think meek mill kind of like called him out about like having ghostwriters or something yeah yeah and then they started like the diss tracks which is like so fire yeah yeah ra- i don't know rappers like beef and stuff i mean it doesn't really lead to anything other than like like on social media like topic on social media yeah totally yeah and i, I, I also feel like these artists like profit off of each other yeah exactly yeah i i do sometimes wonder how much of it is constructed mm-hmm. um for as as like a pr marketing thing yeah yeah really like, for sure yeah 
yeah people like listen to you know their diss songs and like like eminem and like machine gun kelly yeah you know people were just like listening to their music and they yeah i don't know yeah people move on very quickly and forget about those stuff so yeah yeah exactly so i think it is a smart move if you think of like the long term Mm -hmm. long term game yeah when like your career is kind of declining you just like start a beef (laughs) (laughs) fuck you like on instagram (laughs) yeah maybe i should start like calling out drake yeah (laughs) Yeah. maybe like who is this like trash (laughs) maybe like yeah some point down the career like you know you could ask your like manager to like hey i want to start a beef (laughs) (laughs) come up with like this track yeah I'll come back on this podcast and like just like talk shit about an artist. <laughs> yeah, you know, it'll help my uh, help my views too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> win win. win. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, man. Like, um, I think the you know you you uh, messaged me after we spoke um, like a few days ago that um, you know for for those listeners out there like you. <laughs> After university, um, as you were pursuing your artist project, um, as Ricky producing music, you were also or are are working as a producer and uh, as an audio engineer to help other artists produce their songs. Mm. Um, and last time we spoke, you know, you said that it's it's definitely something new for you that something that was your hobby. Um, or you know passion became part of your uh, job part of your work um, and I think you were I don't know if you, how you're feeling about that but I guess you were just like taking in the experience but yeah you told me um, a few days ago that you stopped working uh, as a producer uh, for now temporarily I'm not sure and focus more on your um, work as an artist your create creative side but yeah can you you tell me why you made that decision yeah um totally um maybe like what it was like to also um work as an audio engineer um, yeah yeah for sure so i think uh, around the the middle of 2020 um i got the opportunity to work at like this small um production you could say like production company called uh, uh listening party recordings um and yeah, I got the opportunity to start, you know, making, producing music for other people and as well as assisting, um, you could say like my mentor slash boss um, in engineering and producing as well. Um, and yeah, I just kind of like threw myself into it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think before then I wasn't, I had the image in my mind that like I valued being an artist as well as being a producer for other people at just as high like on an equal plane um so yeah i, I kind of jumped at the opportunity and um you know, as i was getting more involved i was realizing uh, while i was enjoying it um and i feel like i was developing my craft um i, f- I realized that like my artist stuff was more important to me at this time um and yeah it, it was it was helpful in uh, basically, I was just able to figure out my, what my priorities were um, now that I was trying all these things. Um, so I think now that there was like the beginning of the year, you kind of like 
the end of the year and you look back and try to figure out like what you want to be doing next the come the new year um i i came to the realization that i think for now i i would like to just focus on making music for myself um and kind of keep pushing that for for a little while um and then maybe later on go back to um, producing for other people and doing the more engineering stuff as well um and that at no point was there a sense of like sadness and that i was kind of relieved and happy that I was able to firstly be given this opportunity, was able to dive in and, and experience all these things. But um, to realize how much my artist stuff meant to me was was really nice to figure out as well. Hmm. Wow. So yeah, without that like experience of working as a producer and as an audio engineer, you yeah, you wouldn't have come to this realization, I guess. That, yeah, um, totally. But that's very uh you know, courageous, I think, to make that kind of decision. Because, um, yeah, I mean, you, you told me in the guest, you know, the bio that, um, you know, obviously the, the world of artists is um, very um, unstable. Um, mm. Stability is something that you kind of want, I guess. But yeah, that's, you know, you're, you decided to kind of quit your job or work that was kind of providing you um source of income and pursuing um yeah as an artist but yeah how did you like come to that realization or um was i mean it's, it, i think it's a courageous act because a lot of the people have you know a job or you know like more of like a career oriented stuff um but then they have these like passion or hobbies that they wish that they could like kind of pursue and make that bold move to fully invest their time. Um, but yeah, was it, um, yeah. How did you like come to like realization or did you like write your priorities on like piece of paper or what's yeah, no, yeah. It was almost like that really. Okay. Um, I think because of COVID mm-hmm. um, and right now, I mean like in Vancouver um, the restrictions are quite, um, tight um i you know spend a lot of time on my own um just re- and with that you have a lot of time to reflect um and for me it was to reflect on what i really want to be doing with my life um and yeah i think i was able to kind of just s- sift through all these things in my mind and figure out like really what's important to me at this point in time and um the conclusion was, yeah, after experiencing that producing stuff and engineering stuff that um, I, I truly do value my artist stuff and creating music for myself mm-hmm. uh, uh, more highly than I, I initially thought. I um, and then I think I think because the two are, 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 are quite linked in the sense that, like, if I keep doing my artist stuff, like my producing craft will definitely develop anyway um, to the point where, you know, if I ever wanted to go back to producing, I could always go back to producing. So it wasn't, it's still in the same field. And so like the, the risk of, you know, yeah, I think the, the startup cost wasn't, uh, the switching cost, you could say it wasn't high mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, 
so there wasn't much pressure there anyway. Um, and then, yeah, I think also I got to a stage where I was, I was feeling kind of stressed about m music because um, I felt like I wasn't making enough for myself and I wasn't feeling inspired to make stuff for myself because, you know, I would be making music for other people or like working in the studio. And then um, when it came time to make stuff for myself, I was, I felt like creatively exhausted. Right, right, right. Something that I'm figuring out that, um, well, for myself, that I do have like a creative limit and within like a week, you could say, and um, I can either decide to give more of that to myself or more to other people. And right now I felt like I would like to give a bit more to myself. Right. So. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Because, yeah, I'm sure it uses a lot of energy. Um, well, I'm creating stuff, you know, uses your energy. But yeah, like, you know, you, you like you had to use those allocate those energy to other people's music um, yeah exactly yeah that totally yeah. makes sense uh, but that being said i'm still producing for one artist mm -hmm. uh one other artist um his name is baron um and i'm still producing for him because he i truly um believe in his stuff and like uh the emotional investment there is very high for me so i think i'm going to continue uh working with him i see I see. Is he is he based in Vancouver? Yeah, he's based in Vancouver as well. Yeah. I see. So so now like you know, how how do you feel like you have a lot lot more time? Obviously, yeah, to your creative input. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I felt a lot of weight off my shoulders. I think I could say, um, and yeah, automatically I felt like uh, more optimistic and more inspired. Mm. Um. And just just more free. I think that really helps um, when you're dealing with you know such an emotional thing like music. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like in a in a sense like trapped when you like not negative not like I mean mm -hmm. this is not nothing like I'm not dissing your like <laughs> production company or anything, but like in terms of your creativity, like out you know creativity. Maybe. Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say like trap, maybe like I felt a little stuck and kind of confused, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think being confused um, isn't great for creativity, especially during COVID mm -hmm. um, when you have so many other mental health things to deal with anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Huh. What would you like? what sort of you know advice would you give to those people out there that are like you know confused as to uh, finding their passion or also maybe people that are like kind of hesitant to make like a big decision to fully pursue what they're doing even though there's a you know a risk uh, associated yeah uh, for sure like i mean i feel like i'm in not no place to be like giving out <laughs> advice and um, obviously, everyone has different situations, and I think financial situations is also an important thing to acknowledge mm -hmm. as well. Um, yeah, some people are able to make risks, those kind of leap of faith or just jumps uh, mm -hmm. um, more so than others because the, mm -hmm. the real life consequences are, are lower or not as significant, you could say. But um, I think, especially at the age that we're at, like, trying a bunch of different things is, is really important. 
Um, and then, yeah, I think you never really know what you want to be doing mm -hmm. until you really try it out. Um, yeah, so for example, like, I'm, I'm obviously lucky in the sense that I found that thing that makes me click pretty early on. Right. Um, and I'm extremely grateful for that. And I think the older I get and the more I correspond with people um, who aren't particularly in that similar situation, the more grateful I am, um, the more grateful I become. But um, yeah, like uh, I thought that, you know, I, I value producing just as much as my artist stuff. And it wasn't until I really tried it that I figured out, wow, this like my artist stuff, I care about a lot. Um, and I want to be continuing to pursue it um, for now um, as much as I put, like possibly can. Um, mm -hmm. So there's no regrets in the future in that sense. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah I, think, I think for me, it's, it's just like, if you have something that you truly feel like you could be doing, then um, there's no harm in trying. And um, But yeah, at the same time, you know, everyone's in different positions and different circumstances. So yeah. that's, that's important to acknowledge. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, what about yourself? Like, I think, like, this, I mean, this whole podcast mm -hmm. is called Lost Boy Academy. And um, I guess it surrounds the whole, like, it's underpinned by this, by you perhaps feeling lost in some sense. Mm -hmm. um, uh, is there any, like, advice or, like, clarity that you've got um, from all this stuff? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I can't give any advice to people, but I've been like reading a lot of articles, um, a few books here and there about just people finding their passion or interest or yeah, like a direction. Um, but I've come to realize or accept that uh, being lost in a way is a, a privilege and it's, it's a, it's, it's not a bad, you know, it's not a bad place to be like you have all these choices you know laid uh in front of you and that's that's something that not many you know being confused is a state that not many people can uh, be in you know some people don't have the option to even think what they want to do um or don't, don't have the time and energy um but yeah so i don't really take the state of being lost uh, as something that's negative anymore totally um, yeah and I, I don't, I don't know if even like loss is even like a appropriate word, but you know, it's just too late to change the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. There's like more, you know, more interpretations of the word lost, I think. And yeah. Yeah. I think being like lost mm -hmm. um, or kind of like confused. Um, I think through these moments, you learn so much about yourself. Yeah. Um, and like a deeper awareness of, um, who you are as a person, yeah. and, um, what your purpose, what your purpose would like, what you would like your purpose to be. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if we're able to manage these times, like in a healthy way and a mindful way, then I think a lot of clarity can come yeah. from that. Um, and you could perhaps come out having more clarity and more sense of self than someone who was never felt like particularly lost you could say and i think yeah it's a it's a moment that people should cherish for sure yeah yeah i i do feel grateful to like have the time and energy to yeah be able to like observe my thoughts and 
to to be in the process of figuring out who I am as a person. Mm. Um, yeah, so you know, I'm just gonna ride the wave and see how it goes. Totally, dude. Yeah, no, I'm I'm stoked for you. And like, I feel like I have that kind of as well. Like, because I'm doing music and like, even every day, I'm like, well, what, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so you know, I'm always, and then just like my personality, I'm constantly. Um, pretty introspective and having conversations with myself mm -hmm. um, and but I think you know after a while you, you find out so much about yourself yeah yeah it's 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 tough to like observe your thoughts and like accept them um, yeah for sure yeah but then I feel like once you accept and observe okay like I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling sad or like happy whatever it like takes the power off of these thoughts and definitely like, I don't know, it's, yeah, I, I, I do, like, you, you just kind of feel a lot mindful and present, um, because a lot of the anxiety and stuff comes from, like, thinking about, I think, the future or dwelling in the past memories and, and not focusing on, like, the present or now and what's happening now. Yeah, yeah, I found that, like, if I'm able to, like, detach my identity from, like, my anxious thoughts, then, yeah. um, you know, I have a better sense of self. Yeah. And, you know, that comes with, like, we were talking about last time, how uh, developing, like, those mindful practices. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, for me, it's it's been, like, making sure I'm meditating. Yeah. Um, not only meditating, but reading about meditation to understand why I'm doing it and mm -hmm. kind of, uh, you know, figure out how I can apply my meditation because I find that from what I've read and, what I've experienced that meditation is just like the training mind and from there it's up to you to kind of be able to apply that training into yeah yeah have you read the book called the power of now no but I'm reading a book that's kind that kind of touches on the power of now called 10% oh. happier okay. okay I really recommend that book um because the argument for like the 10% now was that uh, a 10% happier is that like the power of now is is a great book and like brings out a lot of ideas but it doesn't necessarily touch on um how to apply it into your life and i see 10 percent happier goes into how you want to apply that the application aspect of it yeah oh that's cool yeah it sounds like a kind of practical book yeah and it's uh it follows the life of the author as well so it's it doesn't it feels like um very natural yeah i'll definitely check it out 10 percent happier yeah yeah by dan harris okay cool um you know i think uh what we've covered today during the podcast uh was something i really enjoyed it and you know the people out there hopefully can get inspired or i don't know re read those books you know get inspired to read those <laughs> books <laughs> but um yeah one like last thing um that i usually asked to a lot of my guests again this is a very broad question but as um um i guess are you 26 or 5 or 25 now yeah, yeah 25 year old you like how does a fulfilling life an image of fulfilling life uh look like for you oh that can be either like career what like your family like whatever like hobbies where you living and yeah. yeah no for sure I think like um 
from a more like physical uh like career base perspective it would be you know to be doing um something that i enjoy at that point in time um and not necessarily it doesn't have to necessarily be uh, making me lots of money um you know if if i'm able to live through that um sustainably then that would be great and but i think most importantly for me the emphasis has been on like the men the mental side and if i can continue to build my skills to staying present um then and you know in the future be even more present i think that would be um i'd be really satisfied with that um for me I, it doesn't sound like much i think but it, it's really important yeah mm-hmm. yeah to be to, you know have a life where i'm all, like constantly in the present yeah yeah no i definitely agree on yeah. that yeah i think last time because we, we talked about like how um it's important for us to not only develop professionally but personally mm-hmm. um i value those equally um yeah yeah i mean at the end of the day if i like technically you know say like make it in the career stage but like my kids aren't able to look me in the eye because of who i've become personally then mm-hmm. it will all mean nothing um so yeah i think um because i think we are in like a very much rat race society um i think the personal development kind of takes a back step a bit and it tends to be a consequence of our professional development where i feel like it's important to be proactive about personal development as well yeah it's like how do you how you control with your ego um um and yeah i guess not like let your i guess ego like affect other people or i don't know i don't know how you put it but yeah i i know what you what you mean yeah exactly exactly well okay well on that note you know all power to you and i hope you keep on making music and yeah i was look forward to listening to your music so where can people uh find your uh songs <laughs> i think i'm like on like the your typical streaming platforms i think my artist name is ricky so r-i-k-i-i um and yeah that, that's that's my plug <laughs> and, and your instagram is also oh my instagram is ricky beats r-i-k-i-b-e-a-z on instagram yeah Okay, cool. Well, yeah, thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure. So much, dude. Appreciate it. Love it.